if you just do the same thing as person X, the best you can ever be is the next best person X because they're always going to be one step ahead of you because you're just doing the same thing they're doing. If you're looking to leave the nine to five and to elevate your side hustle, the Hustle the Day podcast is the podcast for you. Your host, Trent Bray, left the nine to five grind behind and is helping others do the same and focus on the future. Hear from others who have done it and how they did it. Jump in as we talk entrepreneurship, mindset, and strategy. Just take it one day at a time and hustle the day. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I'm very fortunate to have Drewby Wilson on the show. Drewby talks about how he turned his life around, flipped it upside down, and was able to create the life that he wanted for him and his family. And he did it all through memes. Yeah, you're going to want to listen to this one. Really interesting episode. Great individual. Let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited and honored to have Drewby Wilson here with me today. Drewby, why don't you jump in? Tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Hey, Trent. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Uh, my name is Drewby Wilson. I am the vice president at Break Free Academy, a multi-million dollar sales producer, recently became a best-selling artist. And I am one of those kind of people who went from very, very average to doing some pretty cool stuff in a short amount of time. So I hope that while hanging out with you guys here today, uh, I can share some of that wisdom, some of the things that I did and went through to get here and uh, really help you put some extra hustle in your day. Perfect. Yeah, I love that because like you said, you are number one best-selling author, which congratulations, crushing the day. Make sure to check that out. But tell me two years ago where you were at in terms of mind frame, mindset, all these different things that you had going on uh, to where you are now and how that has changed. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, about two, three years ago, I was at a point where at the time I was selling property and casualty insurance, right? So home and auto, I touched on the life insurance, but like just insurance in general, right? Uh, Working for a family owned agency, I had been there for probably five and a half years, was doing, you know, okay by most standards, right? Working nine to five, all my bills were paid, married to a beautiful woman, house kid, all that. Um, but I didn't really feel fulfilled. And so when I went to my boss at the time and told him, Hey man, uh, you know, I, I'm not real thrilled about what's going on. I'm only making, you know, $40,000 a year working my ass off. Uh, I would like to be in the six figure range. I'd like to have, you know, some more cool stuff going on. And, you know, unfortunately for him, he told me, Hey man, you gotta be patient. You know, if you wait five or 10 years, you'll have your name on the door of one of these things. You'll be running your own agency. You'll be crushing it. And don't get me wrong. There's plenty of money in insurance. You know, residual income is a very sexy thing. That might be the only sexy part about insurance, if I'm just being honest. But uh, no, so I, I kind of was like, man, I'm I'm not in the mood to be patient. Like, I, I like getting stuff done, right? I like taking action. And so at the time, to me, the the most important thing I could do was learn how to do marketing, right? I had heard about all these guys online who were doing this, you know, marketing for insurance leads and and crushing it on Facebook. So I started seeking out how to learn how to do marketing. I stumbled across this software called Phone Sites, 
learn how to build landing pages. And, and sometimes people call them like sales funnels, right? So learn how to do that. Started generating leads for myself at the insurance agency, making some more sales, having some luck there. Got hired by a few other insurance agents and then some real estate agents and mortgage officers to help them get leads with these you know, funnels. That kind of led me to doing some training and tutorials for the phone sites users group on Facebook and then getting a call from Ryan Stuman, who owns Break Free Academy, who says, hey, man, I, I like what you're doing with the, the phone sites tutorials and helping people get, you know, get some success with it. I'd like to offer you an opportunity to be kind of like a tech support guy. He's like, keep doing your thing. I know you got some marketing stuff. You're, you're doing insurance, like do that, but like help me with this and I'll, I'll pay you a couple bucks each month. So yeah, man, that sounds pretty good. Like hard to say no to that option, right? Like I'm doing it for free now. You're going to pay me to keep doing it. That's sweet. And so, you know, I'm selling insurance. I'm doing tech support. I'm doing this marketing thing, having a little bit of success. And then about a month into the tech support job, I'm, I'm helping some more people with some of the, uh, the, the stuff on phone sites. And they're asking me, hey, how do I buy into this Apex program? How do I buy these other digital products that you guys offer? So I go to Ryan and say, hey, man, uh, these guys want to buy some stuff. What do you think I should do? He said, well, you, you should go sell it to them. Of course, right? Like, come on, man. Here, here's some links. Go sell it. Like, let's go. Uh, so I sell a couple things. He calls me back and he says, hey, man, I, I think you're in the wrong business. I want you to come work with me here at Break Free Academy. Uh, you know, where we do coaching and consulting. And, and I think we can work together and help a lot of people change their lives. It's like, I don't know, man. Like I got six years at the insurance agency. Things are okay. Like I could be going better, obviously. And he's like, nah, man, fly down, spend a day with me. Let's have a deep conversation. So I fly down, spend the day with them. We kind of talk it out, fly back home. And I get to tell my wife, like, hey, you know, uh, I'm, I'm quitting six years at this insurance agency to start over basically commission only for this company out of Texas and, you know, going to see what happens. So it took a pretty big leap of faith, right? Jumped into the coaching and consulting space. Um, but, you know, I, I hustle, right? Like that's what it's all about, putting the hustle in it. So I, I went to work, just focused on serving people and helping them and had a, a lot of success in that industry in the last just over two years, right? So I started March 1st of 2019 is when I quit my job and, and started full-time with Break Free Academy. Since then, I've done just over $3.6 million in sales of coaching and digital products. I've created two digital programs. I've written a best-selling book. I have a podcast. I mean, I've, I've spoken on stages it's been kind of a, a pretty wild ride over the last couple of years. But the cool thing is it, I, in my opinion, has all come back to just my focus on helping other people find success, right? Like I, I've not done everything, but I've done some things and I, I like to take what I've done successfully and help others do it successfully. And the more I've done that, the more I, I've grown. It's been amazing. Yeah, that is incredible. I love that you're, your emphasis on helping other people out because that truly is the best way to get ahead. But I want to talk a little bit about that leap of faith that you took. What was that like, you know, approaching your life with, with such quite such a change from where you were at before, you know, having that steady in a way type of job to let's, let's just start all over 
this huge opportunity. Um, what, what went through your mind as you were deciding to make that leap? So, you know, for me, again, I, I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't satisfied at the time I, I had started going up in weight again. Like I, I'm, I've kind of gone up and gone down and gone up and gone down on my weight over the years at the time, you know, my son was about two years old. I was kind of creeping back up in weight was just a little bit depressed and and my wife knew about it and she had told me you know hey if you're not happy in this job like I'll support you and and you got to make a decision but like it was kind of a shit or get off the pot situation right like hey you can you can keep your job and and do your thing or you can quit bitching and quit and go do something else like whatever you're going to do you're going to do but like do what makes you happy and that's all sounds well and good until you're at the you know the the precipice or whatever, right? The the boundary line and you're like, all right, shit, I think I'm going to jump. And when I went to her with this conversation, you know, I had been doing the marketing stuff for about a month or two and had made a decent amount of change doing that, like not life-changing, but, you know, good extra money. And so she's like, well, hey, if you think you can keep it up and, and at least make what you've been making, right? Like I had a house and kid and all the shit that goes along with that wife, uh, responsibilities. She's like, as long as you can cover the bills and, and bring in what you've been making, like I support you. And so to me at the time, I kind of knew like, first of all, the other like caveat to this is it was her stepdad who owned the insurance agency. So like I had gotten hired in because I was part of the family. And so it was kind of like this weird family dynamic. And so, yeah, I, you know, I told myself, Hey, if, if I get out of here and I'm not making at least 10 grand a month in the first 90 days, cause I'd been making about four grand a month, maybe a little less depending. I was like, if I can't be making 10 grand a month, which is essentially double what I've made in my best months here and be doing it consistently, then I always can just go back to selling insurance. Like it would be awkward, but you know, whatever I could go back to doing that. So I, I kind of realized it was, you know, with my wife, she was very supportive, nervous, obviously, right? Like scary thought. Uh, but I kind of just told myself like, Hey man, you're going to be more upset and regretful of not doing this than, you know, going back with your tail between your legs to sell insurance if you have to, but at least you can say you tried. Yeah. I love that because regret to me is one of the scariest things. And I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get their, get their will to go out on their own is because they're more afraid of regret than they are afraid of the consequences of going out and trying it. So that's really worked out well for you. And I love that you had that support system behind you to say, yeah, go out and do this because that really can make all the difference in the world. Um, You've kind of developed this phrase over time though, of, you know, what your book is called your podcast crushing the day. Where is it that that phrase came into play and where, what was that inspired by? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, um, you know, crushing the day is kind of a shortened version of crush the day before it crushes you. Right. And, and so, and I talk about this in my book, but at one point when I started down this personal development journey, um, I had noticed myself that I was like rolling around really early in the morning, but not getting up. I was kind of just snoozing through the morning. Right. And so I told myself and, and told my wife, Hey, I'm going to instead of snoozing the alarm every morning or, or like rolling and tossing and turning for two hours before I get up, 
It's like, I'm just going to start getting up and going for a walk when my body tells me to get up. And I'm going to start listening to, you know, podcasts and, and motivational YouTube videos and books and stuff like that. Because I, I was never really into that up until, you know, three years ago or whatever it was. And so I start walking start listening to the motivational books and, and YouTube videos. And I, I'm a big Jim Rohn fan. I don't know about you, but he's like, he's one of the greats, right? He's an amazing speaker. I love his cadence and his tonality. I think the way that he delivers is very, very powerful, but it's also very practical. And so he has a quote out there. Um, I think it's either you run the day or the day runs you. And so I remember hearing Jim Rohn a lot early on and, and kind of thinking like, you know, hey, man, I, I want to go to bed every night and know like I've crushed it today. And when I wake up in the morning, you know, it's going to suck because I started setting my alarm for like 430 in the morning every day, seven days a week, not just Monday through Friday. But like if you're going to do it, do it every day. Right. Consistency. And like when I'd wake up in the morning. I just started telling myself, hey, man, crush the day before it crushes you. Because it's real easy for the day to get away from you. It's real easy to wake up and stare at the news or social media or those emails from the customer that wants to refund on their order or whatever crazy shit that happens in the middle of the night, right? Like that, inevitably, that's when all the wild stuff happens. And so it was just a point of like, hey, man, crush the day before it crushes you. Get up, take action. Do the things you know you need to do, even if they suck. And then when you go to bed tonight, you'll know that you've crushed the day. And, and so I just started telling myself and, and using this motto and, and just like repeating it like a crazy affirmation. And, you know, it's it's like anything. What you focus on, you end up with. And so that's what I focus on is, is doing everything I can to crush the day. And now my focus is is doing that, but also sharing that message with the world and, and the people who want to feel that way is also. Yeah. I love that story and you know, where that came from and repeating that to yourself because that really can set in. Um, you mentioned, you know, Jim Rohn, fantastic individual want to, uh, you know, he started out kind of as a, uh, inspirational mentor of yours of sorts, but you now have a, a great mentor in Ryan Stuman and, so I want to ask you, how has having a mentor been instrumental in your success? Ooh, that's a great question. So I think mentors are important um, because they can help you compress time, right? Time is the one resource that we're all very limited on. We all get the same 24 hours in a day. We can't buy more of it. We can't do any magical hoodoo voodoo to like slow time down. If you can, though, hit me up in the DMs. I'm definitely interested. Uh, no, but so time is the one thing we're all limited by, right? So when you work with a mentor, someone who has accomplished the things that you are trying to accomplish, they can help you by guiding you and, and saving you time and effort on things that aren't going to produce a return on your investment, right? And that investment could be monetary with money. It could be time. It could be in people, you know, that, that investment varies, but the return on it is what you're trying to get. And so when you work with a mentor, someone who understands where you're at and where you're trying to be and can help guide you to take the right steps, you know, again, you, 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 you save time, which ultimately saves you money, which gives you more opportunity in the future. So I think, you know, for me personally, one of the things that really helped 
is I read a book called um, Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. Amazing book, very interesting theories in it. It's very short, easy read. So if you haven't read it, definitely pick it up. Uh, But the whole thing is kind of about like, there's really not a whole lot new that exists in the world, right? Everybody's kind of taking ideas from everybody and morphing it to make it their own. And one of the things in there is it talks about, hey, if, if you just do the same thing as person X, the best you can ever be is the next best person X because they're always going to be one step ahead of, ahead of you because you're just doing the same thing they're doing. So for me with mentors, something I think is important, I love Ryan. He has personally mentored me the last couple of years and we've done some amazing things in business together. Um, you know, but I also look for mentors that fit in the different areas of life, right? With, with my faith and spirituality, with my personal relationships at home, with my fitness, you know, I'm, I'm connecting with people that have accomplished the goals that I want to accomplish. Because if I learn a little bit from each of them and I use that for myself, I can be the best version of me. And ultimately that's what we're all trying to do is be the best version of ourselves. So instead of just focusing on just being like one person, I pick four or five, which is kind of what the book touches on. And I learn from four or five different people. And again, it's, Hey, this guy's got the fitness that I'm looking for in my life. That's the kind of, you know, fitness life I want. Hey, this person has the kind of, you know, spirituality and and way they approach religion and and their life and energy. So I'm going to connect with this person. If you do that, you get around the people who are living the kind of life you want to live for that specific type of situation, man, you can grow really fast. It's crazy. Yeah, I love that you're bringing all those different aspects in and getting mentors in each of those different areas rather than, okay, I'm just trying to emulate this one person. It's like you said, you can only get so far in doing that. And one thing that you mentioned is the personal relationships. And we all know the term balance isn't really real in a way uh, between work and life, but you seem to have a really good setup in that, you know, you can... I sit there and see you have day dates with your wife and you're able to take your son to events and do all these different things and still have that, you know, you're still crushing it, but then you're also still having that family aspect. How did you find the, uh, find the way to personally fit your life of being able to have personal responsibilities as well as business responsibilities? The truth with that man is I almost lost it all. Like I made the mistake of being so focused on business and growth and, and selfishly like focusing on me that I, I, I put my family on the back burner and I almost lost them, you know, and my wife and I had to go through some very difficult conversations and talk about, you know, where there was that breakdown in our communication and the way that we, you know, approach certain things in our lives. And and a lot of it had to do with me being very selfish and and focused on what I was doing. Also thinking in my head, Hey, like I'm doing this for our family. Like I'm trying to create a legacy, right? I'm, I'm trying to set ourselves up for the future so that we can have more than we've ever had so that my son can have the experiences and the lifestyle that I always dreamed of. Again, that's a very selfish act, but you know, in our own minds as entrepreneurs, these are what, this is how we rationalize. Like, Hey, I'm working 16 hours a day. My wife and my two-year-old or three-year-old are downstairs by themselves watching Netflix or whatever. 
like I'm up here grinding. So I'm, I'm thinking that's what's important, but they're down there wishing that I was just hanging out with them. And so I had to go through that fire to understand what's the point of working that hard and creating things for a family that's not there. Right. Like if you lose that, then what? And you're right. Balance is not, I mean, it's, it's nonsense. There's never a perfect balance. But what I did is, is, is obviously having gone through those situations, having those hard conversations with my wife, um, you know, I started getting more intentional with my time. I started living by the calendar. I started focusing on saying, hey, you know, I'm going to spend this time with my family every day. I'm focusing on them. Yeah, I'm, I still struggle with putting my phone down and not responding to messages or putting out fires like when I'm with them, like totally guilty, 100%, you know, and my son calls me out for it. But I've also tried to get more intentional about it. And, you know, like you said, the day dates with my wife. Wednesdays, we, we take a few hours in the morning and we hang out. Sometimes we watch movies. Sometimes we run errands. Sometimes we go shopping. But we're very intentional and, and understand that, hey, I'm working a lot of hours right now trying to build something. However, if I'm focused and intentional during four hours on Wednesday with my wife, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was equal amounts of time spent working versus with her, but the value to her is $10,000 an hour for that four hours because it's focused on her. It's very intentional. She understands like, hey, we're doing this for us. And so that to me was like how I started working on quote balance, right? Like trying to make sure that I'm working hard and putting in what's necessary, you know, here in the office and with work, but working on my family as much as possible and as intentionally as possible. Because again, like you can't say they're your wife if they're not in your life. So I think it was very important to get clear on that and, you know, shout out to my beautiful wife who went through hell, but stuck around and, and made sure to stay supportive this whole journey. Uh, Cause it, you know, I don't think I'd be here without her. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, I, I've, I've had to have a few of those conversations, conversations with my wife as well of, <laughs> you know, there's very in, intentional times where time set aside, this is when you've got to focus on the family and you know, this is when work isn't, isn't a priority. And yes, again, I'm guilty as well, where it's like, all right, I'm going to pick up my phone and whatnot. But I love that you're doing that. I love that you're being intentional about that. And I think that really is what it comes down to is having that intent. You're not there just in body, you're there in spirit as well. And you're really focused on your wife, which is great. Um, and that helps you then recharge to get back out there and crush it with your work as well because you've had that time to time away that time to express other aspects of your life so that you can go harder at work and you're not going to burn out. Well, not just that, but you know what? It's a lot easier to go through the workday and get shit done. If your wife isn't pissed at you and texting you like huge long messages about all the shit you've done wrong all day, like just being honest, if you don't have that going on, surprisingly, you're a little more focused. You can get more stuff done at work. Uh, so it's interesting, the correlations that start popping up and you're like, oh, hey, when I'm not having to text someone every five minutes and explain myself, 
I can actually follow up and call the damn leads. I can do the things I'm supposed to be doing here, right? Like crazy coincidence. Yeah, definitely not a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing that you are really great at is following up. And where is it that you discovered that memes were a great follow-up tool and method? So I love memes. I've always loved memes. You know, we all have that group of friends that are like, we send memes too, and we're trying to be the first guy to find the funniest meme of the day. And we're trying to make everybody laugh and get the most engagement. Right. So I've, I've always loved memes and how they, they work psychologically with your friends. When it comes to sales and marketing and follow-up, you know, as I started using social media more and getting more involved in Facebook groups and kind of understanding the value of how you can utilize those and monetize those and, and create, you know, sales relationships in there. Um, I was using a lot of memes and gifts. Like I, I just was like kind of a smart ass kid. And, and so it, it stuck around as I got older. Now, when I'm in conversations, especially in Facebook groups, I did a lot of gifts and funny memes as responses uh, just to kind of, you know, poke the bear a little bit. And then, so what I started understanding and, and one day I'm doing follow-up because I've always loved follow-up. That's kind of my, my secret to success is, you know, I'm not the greatest closer, but I'll, I'll stay consistent and, and follow up with you and always try to help, right? Like it's always, hey man, you hit us up at one point, like I'm just here to help. So anyways, I have a whole list of people that I've talked to, sent an offer, made, you know, tried to help, whatever, who all ghost me. And as entrepreneurs and salespeople, we've all dealt with somebody that was like really excited and gung-ho and ready to take action until you send them the link to pay. And then they're gone like dust in the wind. Uh, And so I had a whole list of those guys. And so I went through and I sent a meme. I just went and sent like kind of a funny meme that was um, Jim Carrey looking all close to the camera. And it just said, you there, question mark across the bottom. And I sent it to probably, I don't know, 50 or 60 people maybe. And within minutes, I started getting responses. Like from people that I haven't heard from in weeks. And just getting responses, getting responses, getting responses. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Oh, that's hilarious. I'm, that's so funny. I'm sorry. I ghosted you like blah, 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 whatever. Right. And I ended up closing a few thousand dollars in sales from it. So I went, well, hold on a second. Like, let's just, uh, let's, let's make sure this is for real. Cause maybe this is a fluke. So I hit up some buddies of mine and I say, Hey man, uh, try using this meme with people that have ghosted you. Like I just did it and got some crazy response rates. I'm just curious if it'll work for you too. So they try it a couple of days later, they hit me up. They're like, bro, it's insane. My response rates are like through the roof. People are loving it. I've already closed a couple of deals. So I start understanding like, hey, there's something to this, right? Like, what, what, what is it about the meme that makes it so effective? So I kind of sat down and, and did a little research and, and I ended up building out my digital product, the Closer Memes course. And what I do is inside the course, I break down memes. I break down the psychology, the marketing aspect, why they work, how to be really effective with them, how to put them together. Uh, you know, some great resources to finding templates without all the other stuff. So it's really easy to make them. And uh, man, I just have a lot of fun making memes. You know, when people ask me what I do, I say, well, man, I, 
I work with business owners. I hang out on Facebook and I make memes all day. It's, it's a pretty sweet gig. Yeah. Can't argue with that at all. <laughs> and you know what? I, I love that you put in the research and, you know, went back and through the psychology of it all and figured out why it was working for you. But really people just love seeing them. I, I think they just are excited that it's not your typical follow-up. It's not your typical response of, Hey, I've got this great deal. Why are you not accepting it? It's Hey, it's I'm just checking in. Yeah. Hey, do you still want to buy my shit? Hey, uh, are you, are you there? Is there anything I, I messed up on? Like the canned messages are so boring. And what I think is another, and this is just like a little pro tip from within the course if you're sending a canned message, most people can see like that little pop-up on their phone that shows like what the pre message is. Right. And so they're like, Oh, it's John at state farm. I'm not fucking calling that guy. And they ignore it. But then if you send it and it's an image, like it typically doesn't preview the image. So now they're going to go and open it just to say like, what the heck did this guy see me or send me? And then they see a meme and a meme is a pattern interrupt, right? It's something different, unexpected, now they're looking at it because everybody looks at every single meme image to figure out what it means and what's funny about it, why it works, right? Like, what am I seeing here? So now you've gotten their attention for 10 seconds. Like if you can get someone's attention for 10 seconds, odds are you're going to get a response. So that's why they're so powerful because it's just like, it gets people's attention. Yeah. It makes them think. I, I can't help but think of a, an example that I just recently heard. Uh, I just read um, Sell It Like Serhant, uh, Ryan Serhant, the realtor. Mm -hmm. um, he, on his, in his book, um, he talks about how follow-up is crucial. And, you know, he basically says, I'll follow up with somebody until they die. That's just how I'm going to, I'm always going to follow up with them. Um, and he talks about, you know, being able to close a deal 16 years later after no contact in between when he got them as a lead and when he followed up and then all of a sudden a 16 million dollar deal materialized out of it i can't help but wonder it's like what if he'd used a meme would it would it have been that much quicker before that happened or <laughs> what the case may have been have you seen that people tend to respond quicker to the to the memes yeah i think again because it's a pattern interrupt because it's different I think it just catches people off guard and, and at least prompts a response of some sort. And it's a delicate balance, right? Like you can use too many memes and then it loses its luster and it's not as good anymore. So you got to be kind of strategic with them. Um, but I think especially these days, because so many people love memes and because it's like the thing, right? 2020 was saved by memes. So I, I just think that they're super effective in getting people's attention right now and you know, had he used it, you never know. Yeah, for sure. So I want to talk to you about how your work setup is now. So you, you're still technically in a nine to five, but it's more of a hybrid thing where you've got, you know, your own products, you've got your, your book, you've got all these different aspects to it. So what would you say is one piece of advice that you'd give to somebody who does want to leave that nine to five? So the way I see my position is I'm kind of like an intrapreneur, right? So I'm an independent contractor. I work with a company. My job is to help produce sales, do marketing, um, kind of consult and, and coach essentially. 
Uh, I treat it somewhat like a nine to five, but I work seven days a week, you know, just like an entrepreneur does, uh, just like a business owner does. I'm Saturdays and Sundays, especially like Sundays are my content day, right? So I'm scheduling out posts and creating content for the week. Um, but yeah, so for me, I think where I've made it super effective and, and where I think people can make the transition easier on themselves is like, so for me, I'm working within an industry where all of my branding and products and everything that I've created all feeds the bigger picture, right? So we do high level coaching and consulting for multi seven, eight and nine figure business owners. So we do very high level stuff. Everything I'm doing is attracting entrepreneurs and like-minded success driven individuals who want to get better. So everything I'm doing is feeding the main company that I work with. And so there's value add, which is why I'm able to kind of do both, right? I, I work here with BFA and, and I coach here, but I've also been able to create my own products and my own branding because it all works together. If you're in a situation where you're wanting to get completely out of whatever you're doing, that nine to five you feel stuck in, I think the first thing you have to do is figure out what you're going to take action to create, right? I, I always say start with something you're passionate about because if you're at least if you're passionate, it's easier to show up and do the work on the days that suck. So don't just say, hey, I'm going to do this because the money's going to be good because typically if they're telling you how good the money's going to be, it very well may be, but it's probably going to take a while to get there. And the amount of suck that you have to go through to have the success might not be worth it, just being honest. So I think passion makes makes a lot of sense. But either way, right? So you got your nine to five that sucks. You want out of it. Find something that you can get to work on and start building it. And you're going to have to sacrifice. Again, we all get the same 24 hours in a day. So when I was leaving in you know the insurance industry, I worked nine to five there, came home, couple hours with the family. And then from like seven to 11 o'clock every night, I was up in the office hammering out deals and creating marketing and learning how to do shit. Uh, so that I could build a business of my own. So if if you're in that position, you know, you might have to give out some of those nights at the bar or those extra rounds of golf that you've been playing. Because now if you want to build your own thing and you want to go out on your own, you're going to have to set yourself up. And it's it's kind of like that thing where it's a lot easier to get a job if you already have a job versus when you don't have a job, trying to get a job sucks because you kind of feel a little more empowered by the fact that you have something going on. So just know, Hey, whatever I'm doing nine to five is feeding the thing that I'm doing on the side for me. And eventually if you're doing it right and you're actually putting in the effort, which is again, you're going to have to struggle for a little while. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to hustle. That's what we're all about. You got to put in the hustle, right? But if you do that long enough, you'll be able to get around the right kind of people who can then show you the guidance and the wisdom you need to take that first step and that leap into your own thing and, and start your own business, start your own brand company, whatever you want to do. But, uh, you know, if, if you're working somewhere and you can be an entrepreneur and kind of feed both, I love that mentality. Like that works really well for me. If you're somewhere that you hate and you want out, you got to put in the work to get out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've spoken to a few people who are entrepreneurs as well on the podcast, and I I love that that works for them. That's what really feeds them. And so I, I think one of the things that people misunderstand is they think entrepreneurship is easy or 
uh, you know, it's the only path to success in their life. So I love that you are doing things a little bit differently, but still kind of on that entrepreneurship path in a way. And so uh, I appreciate that you put that out there and gave some great tips and advice to for somebody who does want to get out of that nine to five and create their own thing. And one thing that is super easy to create, but it's difficult to stay consistent with that I've seen actually benefit my business is a podcast. And you've got your crushing the day podcast and uh, side note for, for your podcast is I love your intro. Uh, you know, Joey, Thank he's you. great. Uh, I, I usually tend to listen at, listen po- to podcasts at, you know, a faster speed time and a half or something like that to get through it. Whenever your podcast comes on, I've got to take it down to normal speed so that I can hear that, hear that intro. <laughs> I'm i I'm really psyched on that. He, he put that together for me and I was really, really happy with it. And what have you seen personally and personal development wise and business wise by starting that podcast? So I think from like a, a personal development standpoint for myself, Um, I'm more focused on the content that I'm engaging with, right? So as I'm listening and reading books and listening to other podcasts and my mentors, I'm more actively listening so that I can then take that information, learn it, absorb the wisdom, and then take that to my audience of people. Uh, So I think for me personally, it's really helped because it just makes me pay more attention to the stuff that I'm learning about. And then for my business, you know, I think we just crossed the 10,000 unique downloads mark here not too long ago, which I was very, very excited about. You know, we just opened it up and started it back in July of 2020. So not even a whole year. And we're, you know, we're, we're doing really well, getting a lot of exposure. A lot of great people have commented on it. And for me, I think the biggest thing about it is just keeping it short and snappy, right? It's, it's like five minutes at, long, uh, at, at most long. And I just try to share very tactical, you know, things that you can hear and say, all right, I'm on it. Let's get after it today. Like just short, easy things to take action on or think about. And, you know, it's, it's helped because it just helps more people buy into me that know, like, and trust factor, which is so important for any business owner to have in their branding. Um, and, you know, ultimately people listen to the podcast, they read my blogs they watch my other content, they follow me on social media, and that brings in that trust factor to them then saying, hey, I see that you know you do coaching and consulting for business owners and entrepreneurs. Can you tell me more about that? And that's, I mean, organic lead generation at its, at its core, right? Attracting people to you based on the content you're creating and sharing. And so that podcast is just one piece that I can utilize effectively to speak to my ideal client and then attract them to the rest of my content and ultimately to our business of, you know, helping them become the most elite version of themselves. Like I mentioned, I've seen great benefits from having a podcast as well. Uh, You know, introducing people to myself, to the brand, to other great guests like yourself. It's been a great experience and a great networking opportunity as well uh, for me personally doing the guest podcast. But one thing that I want to talk about also is you, we talked about how quickly you turned your life around, but also the dramatic shifts that you took to get there. I mean, you are a self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed uh, kind of 
average student, you know, a C student in English, and then you wrote a best-selling book. Like what? It just kind of shows the the things that you can overcome when you put your mind to it. And can you tell me the experience of writing a book when you've had that the that built-in thought of okay, I'm not the best English student. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something that I struggled with initially. Like you know, the thought of writing a book. I understood it, right? I, I get the idea behind writing a book and putting that story out there. And I was surrounded by mentors that have written best-selling books, so it was kind of, you know, one step in the process, I guess, of of what I'm doing. As far as you know, with the English and and yeah, I, I definitely failed sophomore English more than once. Uh, you know, no no shame in admitting that. A, a lot of it's just because I slacked off in high school quite a bit but uh, mostly because I didn't do the work. So what I think was interesting when it came time and and it was like, all right, dude, you're going to do a book. You're going to write this thing and get it done. One of the biggest benefits was my mentor showed me, hey, man, here's how you can write a book without having to actually sit down and like physically type out or write out the book. Again, right? Getting with a mentor to compress time to make things easier. So now I've got a process that's like, hey, if you just do this, you can knock this out within the next like 60 days. So I said, well, this is what you guys did. I'll at least give it a try. And so the the cool thing is most of us have no problem telling our story, right? Some of us do, like some people struggle telling the story, but for the most part, if you get a person talking about themselves, that's like their favorite thing in the world to do. We're all guilty of it. So we'll just kind of talk. If you know what points to talk about and you know, again, coming back to your ideal client and audience and, and what's the reasoning, the message behind the, the story, it's pretty easy to start talking about the experiences you've had and things that you've gone through. Then you just got to go through and kind of clean it up and edit it. So it, the, I guess getting back to your question, the thing for me is I had overcomplicated the whole process. I, I had thought this is going to be impossible. This is like a lot of work. There's all these different you know, roadblocks that I'm going to come up across. I don't know how to edit properly. I don't know how to create a cover. I don't, you know, all these excuses that I made. But when I had someone who showed me, hey, this is how you're going to make it easy. This is how we're going to solve that problem. This is how we're going to do this. All I had to do was show up and do the work. And thankfully, I've created an amazing group of supportive people who were excited to hear more of my story and and support the release of the book. You know, yourself, you you were very supportive when it came out. And I'm extremely grateful for that. But it, it wasn't as difficult as I had made it out to be. And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs and people go through in life is there's a goal or something they want to achieve. They, they know in the back of their mind, they're capable of it, but they're just overcomplicating the path to get there, which means they don't take action. You got somebody to come in and untwist the pretzel and, and make it easy. People can do amazing things. Yeah. I love the phrase untwist the pretzel. That really was a great visualization of, you know, we really do complicate things. We do make things more difficult than they really need to be. And so that is a great way to visually see how 
just by putting the right people in your play in in your circle, you can untwist that pretzel and options then become limitless. Because this is the Hustle of the Day podcast, I want to ask you, what is your personal definition of the word hustle? Ooh. Um, so when I think of hustle, I think of action taking and doing the actions, whether you feel like it or not, right? Ryan always says, do the work despite. So the work's going to need to get done, whether you want to do it, feel like doing it, enjoy doing it. None of that really matters. The work has to get done. So when I think of hustle, I think of doing the work no matter what. I love that definition. That's, that's awesome. So another thing I typically ask people, you took this big leap, you jumped down to Dallas, you ended up moving, uprooting your life from Ohio to Dallas, change your entire work environment. What was a challenge that you never expected to have happen? Something I never expected to have happen was wanting to help so many people, but not having enough time in the day to do so and having to choose selectively who I help. Um, I think that's kind of difficult to deal with. I, I mean, I love helping people and I want to help as many people as possible. Again, part of what I do is sales and, and you know, that means selling things and, and getting money from people so that they have skin in the game to take action. So, you know, one of the difficult things for me is having to, you know, not help certain people because they won't help themselves, right? Like I can only lead the horse to water. I can't make them drink. Like, unfortunately, if you don't make that investment, sometimes you don't do the work required because there's not enough pain on you and not enough pressure to take action. And so I think dealing with that was probably one of the most difficult things and, and unexpected things that I'm, I've been going through in the last couple of years. Yeah, that is definitely, that's a unique answer that I haven't uh, received before, but I really like it. I think that we can get in those situations where we're like, oh, just these people are so close. I just need to help them a little bit. But like you said, you got to have that skin in the game or else it really isn't something that they get the full benefit out of. And so that's where they're, I've turned people off before where it's like, okay, you've got to pay this much to do X with some of the uh, previous companies I've been involved in. And they're like, oh, but I thought, I thought you were just going to give this to me. It's like, well, are you going to do the work if you don't have the money involved in it? And chances are, no, they won't because they don't see the value. They're not, they're not putting the money up. So they aren't seeing that actual physical value leave their bank account. It's like, okay, now I really need to make this work. It's like, Hey, if someone gifted you a gym membership, unless you love the gym, like what are the chances you're going to go? Even the people that pay 17 or $18 a month don't go to the gym because the pain's not big enough. Right. They, they're like, ah, 19 bucks. Like should have gone to the gym more, but the pain's not big enough. And especially with what we do, coaching, consulting, you know, uh, we've got lots of free content and I'm, I'm happy to send out free content to people. But again, I can only do that for so long before I have to accept that, hey, there's not enough pain in your life for you to take action. And we all go through that. We've all had something that we got for free because we were interested. Somebody's like, oh, yeah, I'll hook you up with my login, whatever, some training program, some course. And you didn't do anything with it. 
because there was no pain. There was no skin. There's no skin in the game for you. Nothing, no reason for you to take action. And that can be difficult for me to deal with. Cause again, I want to see everybody succeed, but uh, you know, at times there's things you got to do to get there. Huh. Absolutely. And speaking of things that uh, you need to get doing, I don't want to take too much of your time. I will give you a chance to plug where people can best find you. But before I do that, I want to ask you one final question, personal or business. What is it that excites you about the future? Oh, that's a great question. So excites me about the future is the opportunity to create the life that I want to live with my wife and my son, no matter what it is, I know I can make it happen. Right there, mic dropped. Boom. <laughs> that is a, a fantastic answer. And uh, you know what? I agree with you 100%. That's what I'm chasing as well, is to be able to create that life for my wife and my kids. And, you know, it's it's definitely within our realm of possibility if we're willing to hustle and crush the day like you do. So I want to say thank you, Drewby, for taking time out of your day and providing so much value today. Where can people best find more information about you? Absolutely. So you can go to connectwithdrewby.com. It's got all my social media links, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. You can find my book and my um, hats and swag and everything at crushingtheday.com. And you can just search Drewby Wilson on Facebook or Instagram. You'll find me. I'm out there. Uh, you know, if you're, you're going through that, that phase in life where you feel stuck plateaued, you're kind of wondering if it's time to take the leap, definitely reach out. Let me know. I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you and at least just help you make a more informed decision. Right. I think that's where a lot of us struggle is like, Hey, we don't know what to do because we don't know what to do. And uh, if if there's anybody out there, I can help. I certainly appreciate it. Trent, I want to thank you, my man, for giving me the opportunity to be here. It's been an honor to be on the show. Uh, it's exciting watching your journey. I love your hustle the day goods. I got some right here next to me. I take them daily. Uh, so I just want to thank you for putting in the hustle and, you know, doing what it takes to be here, man. Cause I know this isn't easy, but I am very grateful for you and the opportunity. Well, I appreciate that, Drewby, and I will make sure to include links in the show descriptions so that people can connect with you a little bit easier, but I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this, so I know my audience has gotten value out of this, so I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.